Okay, good morning. So first of all, I welcome all the new Chavri uh, Akelov, as well as those that are uh, veterans. Um, so being I was in the middle of a series, I'll continue this series because it's self-contained each uh, shir, and that series was about going through the whole Seder Shtalshlis. And I began last year, around now, Chedeshal, um, all the way from as high as we know that the Rabbeim revealed to us, which is uh, the highest levels, Atzmus and Eden Sof, Simpson. And I went through, literally, level by level, those levels, and then, of course, uh, the Tzimtzum itself, talked at length about the Tzimtzum, Shittis of Simpson Kipshute, not Kipshute, and the Shit of Chsidis Chabad. Then we had a continued the Rishimu, the trace or the impression that's left after the after the Simpson, the Kav, and then followed by the beginning of the structure. First of all, Ak, Adam Kadmin, Nakudim, Nakudim Tayu, Avrudim Atzilus. In that order, I tried to go through as many, obviously not exhaustive every detail, but at least the basics, and in many cases also provided some of the sources in each one of these places, because obviously Chassidus is not written like an encyclopedia where everything is in one place. Each mime is, is its own life. It's its own uh, reality. And, uh, but so therefore you have all over Chassidus, so it's literally like it is in Shas. You could have every, anything top, topic talked about in many different Mahmudim. So we went through Atsilus, and then in Atsilus, of course, come the Esosphidus. The Esosphidus Hagluyes. I should mention that Lifni at Simpson, there's the Esosphidus Hagnusus, or the different Shittas where exactly they are. So we address that. But the real understanding of Sphidus I discussed in the last few months starting from Keser and Atik and Arich and going to Chochme and then Bina, Das, Chesed, Vurit, Teferes, Netzach, Heid, We're actually up to Malchus. So I really did three parts on Malchus. I want to do one more part now on Malchus. And uh, spoke about different angles of it. And the approach I've been taking is not just to explain what the level is, but also why is it critical in the whole process. You know, there's a Maimon Chazal, Kol Mashabara Kosh Baruch Abaylam Elei Bara Dover Echad Levatala. The Ebeshe didn't create anything extra. So there's a level, you say there's Talshus, you have to say there's a necessity for it. That without it, something would be missing. And that's not really so much emphasized when you're learning Maimonim, it doesn't always tell us exactly. You have to figure it out. So that was one of the things I was focusing on, the importance of each of these levels. How does that help us understand the whole picture and why is it Igeya both in Agdus Hashem and understanding God and God's unity with existence and also in Avedis Hashem how is it relevant to us which is the next point that all of it has to come down to being applied and practically 
Negei to our lives, both in the way we were created. In other words, it's essentially like an X-ray of the DNA of, uh, of the neshama, of the soul, and the DNA of all of existence. So it's really what we're made up. Every one of these levels in the Shtalshalus, Elam, Katan, Odom, is a part of us. Atzilus is not in the sky or in some heaven. It's within us and within all of existence. It's just a deeper dimension. And same thing with Bria and Yitzira. And same thing with all the Esses Fidus. In the words of the Altareb and Tanya, right, beginning, Peter Gimel, he says, the Esses Fidus, from the Esses Fidus. So the ten spheres are actually the root and the origins of our ten faculties. Meichen and Midas, and all the details within them. So it's really an understanding of who we are and what existence is made up, the building blocks, and as well, also tools and instruments that the Ebersh gave us to connect with him. Because at the end of the day, it's not just the Ebersh's Kol Yachol did not need any Seydish Talshlis and did not need any Sviris or elements to create existence. The Ebersh wants a world. He just says, I want existence, and that's that. So why do you create all these levels and all these complex levels? So the answer is because the way he created the world with the seichel that he created with, which we'll never understand why this seichel, not another, is such that it should make sense. And he wants us to make sense of it, to understand him, basically. The Ebershter wants us to understand him. Begin the Ishtamudin is the language in the Zayar, in order that we should know him. And there's actually a mitzvah, Yediyah Sashem, Yediyah but not just via daita yem, but also vashavesalavavecha, we should also feel. So therefore, the only way that we human beings can understand and feel elokus is if it makes sense to us. If it's completely koyachol, then it's the Abish's terms. He wants us to understand. And even more importantly, he wants us to connect with him on our terms. That the Abish could elevate us and do all the birurim himself and be mevara, make a dirba tachtenim, what's the chiddush? Then there's no chiddush. The whole point is that tachtenim, we, in this lowest of worlds, as the Altareb explains in Periklam and Vov and Tanya, that we, with our resources and our faculties and our abilities, should make this dirba tachtenim. So besides making sense, also, we need to have stepping stones. There's no way a human being cannot grow without, stone, without uh, like a climbing a ladder. So we brought, first were born as children, and from children we go to Ben Chomish, you learn Olive Beis, Ben Chomish Lamikra, Ben Eser Lamishna, Ben Chamesh Eser etc., etc. So the nature of the human being is stage by stage. And that's only possible if there's a Seder Shtalshlis. So the Seder Shtalshlis essentially, to sum it up, has two roles. One is to explain to us how the Ebershter created existence in an orderly way, an organized, systematic way. That's what Seyed Ishtashos means, a system, an order, a cosmic order. And secondly, how we retrace the steps and we reconnect with the Ebishta through step by step by step. So essentially, when we, any Aveda person is doing, the Aveda consists of going step by step. Like it says in Chsidis about the tefillah, for example, davening. So davening has four main parts, shachris. I mean, it's explained in different ways, but generally it's like Pesukah de Bichas Ashachah, Pesukah de Zimra, Bichas Krishma and Krishma. Sometimes it's Bichas Krishma and Krishma together and Shemanesa. And these four levels in davening are not just four stages. They're actually four steps in growth. 
So this explains it's going from Asiya to Yitzira to Bria to Atzilus. So Tfilah is an order. You can't jump right away to Shemanesa, Ka'avdi Kamamore, because a person has to prepare themselves, like anything in life. Or sometimes it's spoken about in the language of uh, Neshama. So there's uh, the five Dargis in Neshama. Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, Chai, Yechideh. So the first three levels of Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, like Yitzira and Bria. And Shemineser is a Chai. I mean, it's explained in many different ways. Sometimes the three Tfilis, Beyem is Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, and Musaf of Shabbos and Yontif is Yechaya, and Ne'ilah, the fifth prayer of Yom Kippur, is Yechideh. So bottom line is, all this is part of the journey, step by step. And for us to be able to grow, we need to have these steps. So that's overall, I've said this a number of times in the year, but since some know people, and always good to be refreshed, understand, because these are some of the olive bays of chassidus that is not always spelled out in a maimer. When you learn it all, you start figuring it out. Or if you're macabre from a mashpia, who was macabre from a mashpia before him, so these things are not, you know, there's no mind that says, let's first go through introductions and then we'll get into the topic itself. That's part of the Teir Shema that we have to add, not from our own Chidush uh, and from what the Rabbeim have said, either in Sichas, essentially the Sichas of the Rabbeim, the Rebbe Rashab and Teir Shalom, for example, or the Rebbe Sichas, talk a lot very often about Darum for Chassidus and gives these introductions and context. So within that context, and the way, I mean, if you ever learn Shari Yichud from the Mitla Rebbe, in his Agdomi, he explains that, that, that his bonus that's necessary in davening and B'chal Naveda is not just his bonus clawless in general, it's his bonus protis, everything is in the details. And that's why he says, I'm writing the Sefer, Shari Yichud, which actually goes to say the Some of what I spoke about is taken from there, but he does, he does it in his way. Moving, you need other Maimorich Siddhas to get the bigger picture. But he does, it's only safer with the Rebbe. The Rebbe himself actually went through level by level. The, the earlier parochim, it's a little easier. It gets more complicated as it goes along. But it's essentially, there is a structure. Shayichud is built by the structure of Seyed Rishtashos. Okay. So with that said, so I went through all the, the, the levels, as I mentioned, up to Malchus, including discussing Malchus as well. They're all recorded just for the record. If you're interested in looking, it's, uh, the Kail has a website. There's playlists, so there's so everything that uh, my shirim and the other shirim as well are all uh, posted there. So, to go to Malchus, so uh, let me just sum up a little of what I've said since we, the last time with Rashir was over a month ago, I think, right? Um, as I said, I'm going to sp- explain it both in the, it's Sirichasa, why you need each level, and how it uh, expresses itself in our Veda, in our personal life, as well as understanding not just in the microcosm, the level itself, but also it always reflects the bigger picture. Every stage, picture is, as I said before, adds to the picture of, why they, of how they just created existence and how we connect with it. So I'm not going to go over the whole uh, summary, a summary of everything I said about Malchus, but briefly what's Negea, the Yonena, where we are, is besides being the 10th sphere and the last of the 10 spheres, Malchus is always the last one, um, it's also a bridge. Malchus is the bridge between Atzillus and Biyah. 
and Briyatsir and Asiya. The truth is, Malchus of every level is a bridge. Does this guy mind to move back in the back there? Or yes, the Dav and Dafka? Huh? What? Or maybe it's a dugma for I'm speaking the journey throughout from uh, Asiya throughout Silla, so we have a dugma Um so Bikitsar, an interface is always like a mamutza. So Malchus is the last sphere of Atsilas. And the language in Kabbalah, Chsidis, is that Malchus of Ahachara, Elam Elyon, becomes the Kesar of the Elam Atachim. And the truth is, it's not just Natsilis, everywhere. Going lower levels, the Malchus of Bria will become the Kesar of Yitzira. The Malchus of Yitzira, the Kesar of Asiya. And if you go higher, it's also correct. We'll read the Chsidis about Malchus of Einsof, which is like the Darga Achreina Kavyochel so to speak, B'Shem HaMushol, before the Simpson, even though there's no levels there, but conceptually. So Malchus HaVeinsof will become the beginning of the Kav, which is sometimes called the Keser of Seder Stalshus in general, sometimes Ak is the Keser Kloli, Odom Kadman that is. And um, the language Eitz Chaim brought many times in Chassidus that the Reisha the Ak is Kein Golgalta of Atika. So similar to Atik in Keser, which is a higher level of Keser, there's a level of Atik, like Atik, at the top of the Kav, called Reishis HaKav. Bottom line is you see everywhere, Malchus feeds into Keser, which makes sense, Keser Malchus. We always talk about Malchus as being a king. And what's the main thing of a king that designates a king? Hachtaris HaMelech, the Keser of the Melech. So Malchus becomes a Keser. And Malchus, of course, is connected to the Keser of its elam as well, which explains, I'm just speaking technically now, I'll explain the Avon in it in a moment, that when we talk about the Kavim, that we know the spheres are structured two ways, either Zeh, Tachazeh, where you go from Keser, Choch, Mabina, Das, well, when you count Keser, you don't count Das, but essentially, you go straight down, and one after the other, and sometimes, when you talk about it structurally, so it's three Kavim, with Chochme, the Yemin, and Bina Smail, Das, the Emtsa, Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, Netzah, Chayd, Yusayd, Malchus. So the center piece, the center Kav, Amavriach, Minakotza, Lakotza, is essentially Keser, Das, Teferes, Yusayd, and Malchus. And they obviously all have something in common that, in a way, bypasses the other levels because they have something Atzmizdik that connects them. I explained Das and Teferis when we learned that, and Yesod as well. But Malchus is also the Emtzer. Because Malchus has, in a certain way, it's Mushrish, as we know, in Radla or in Keser. In Keser, the highest levels of Keser. But what does that all mean in simple English? And also, as Malchus becomes the Keser of the lower level. So that I really did not discuss so much. We spoke about different aspects of Malchus, but uh, I have to... To understand that, I want to go back to say to share, just um, summarize at least briefly a few points that were relevant. Malchus is different than all the other spheres. In the language of the Zehar, less law megamoklum. That's an expression that has nothing of its own. Like the, the classic example for it is the moon. The Shemesh is compared to Zoh, the Mashpia. Zoh is Zoh Ampin, the six midas from Chesed through Yisod. 
And Malchus is called the Kabul. Eiram the Kabul, like the Levana, the moon. The moon has no light of its own. If there was no sun, the moon would never shine. So it's essentially reflecting the light of the sun, not like a mirror. It changes it. And when you look at the moon, it doesn't look like the sun. Sunlight is a lot brighter and a lot different even color. But the moon, we know, is standing in juxtaposition and position. The sun is here, the moon is here, the earth is here. Depending on the phases of the month, that's how the angle shines from the moon to the earth. So a full moon, essentially, which is the 15th of the month, is when it's a perfect triangle. The sun is here, the, earth, the, the moon is here, and the earth is here. So we're like seeing a perfect full picture. In the other stages of the month, whether it's the first quarter or the third quarter, or Rishchidosh, of course, is when the angle is such, such, we see nothing. It's the birth of the moon. Leida Salawana is just the birth because there's a, I mean, you begin to see a speck after day one or day two. Now, the moon is always full. If you go to outer space, the moon is always facing the sun. The question is, however, as it's facing us, that's the issue. As the Rebbe explains, because the whole purpose of the sun and the moon is l'hoyer ala oritz. That's the Loshan HaKosov. So it's not relevant whether the moon is shining. It's relevant if is it radiating on earth. And it also has enough kamina. It's not just a light. When the moon is full, for example, the tide in the oceans is higher. Because the moon exerts a, a, a tug on the earth, on the gravitational pull. And it changes when we say low tide, high tide, is dependent completely on the phases of the moon. So it's not just a matter of light, it's also a matter that has a different impact. So a full moon has a different impact on earth. But getting back to Malchus, similar to the moon, and on the other hand, because of that bitl, it reflects everything that's above it. You don't say that expression on Yisod, or on Hoid, or on Netzach, or the other spheres. There you don't say they have nothing of their own. They do have on their own. What means on their own? Obviously, the Ebishter gave it to them. You know, you have to understand. It means that they don't have on their own means. They have on their own means that they were created in a way that they have an identity. They have a function. Malchus' function does not begin to become active until something triggers it. So Malchus essentially, as I said, on one hand, it's what we call the embodiment of Bittal. And I explained this, uh, if you recall, from Mitzvah's Mirei Melech, when the, the Tzimach Tzedek and Derech Mitzvah based on a Maimah from the Alter Rebbe, one of the fundamental Maimorim we all learn, you must have learned it, if not, it's Kedai to learn at some point. We talks about the Mitzvah, actually, in this week's Parsh. Som Tosem Alecha Melech. What is the Mitzvah of, of appointing a Melech? Which, of course, is the whole Yisrael of what Malchus is in the first place. And we know the story, Shmuel Hanavi was very upset when the Jews came to him. They said they want a king. And when they insisted, he turned to the Ebishter. He said, what do you need a king for, he said to them. You have the Ebishter, Melech Malchem, Lachem, Baruch. What do you need a human king? Finally, since they insisted, the Ebishter said, let them have a king. So the question, of course, is it's a mitzvah in the Torah. What was wrong with their request? And the answer briefly is because they were asking for a king because they wanted it for, uh, from, from a point of view of ego. Like other nations have a king. Pride. You know, you have someone that looks like a king. He's wealthy. He's rich. He's powerful. The real kavanah of the mitzvah is not to have a, a powerful king. It's to have someone that embodies bittel. That's why ultimately David Melech Yisrael is the ultimate king. Even though Shaul was, explains there why first Shaul 
But ultimately, Malchus is David. Because the, the real sign of a king is not how arrogant he is. Like Moshe was a melech, so Moshe Yonov is the most humble man. Now, humility, as we know, doesn't mean that you don't have kaychis. It means that you know you have kaychis, but you know they come from the Ebishter. So the purpose of a melech was to have, between Bosir Vadom, the Ebishter wanted to have a dugma chaya, an example of a human being, flesh and blood, that embodies bitl telukus. Malchusa da arikein, malchusa da rekiya. The malach below is like the malach above. And as such, we can learn bitl from that. So what that was bitl? Leslam agamoklum. He doesn't feel he has anything of its own. Everything is coming from the shemesh. Everything is coming from the mashpia. On the other hand, when you have bitl, you reflect everything. Everything shines through you. Because your ego is not in the way. Now, not to suggest that the other spheres of Atzillus have an ego because they're all alakus, but they have an identity. So therefore, the role of Yesod, or the role of Chesed, is to be mashpia love, kindness. That's a role. Chesed can't claim Lesla Megamoklum, because that's not its role. Its role is to actually give Eir, be Mamshech Chesed. So obviously it has Bittl, because Iyu V'chayu Echad, Iyu V'gamu Echad. But that's not its fundamental purpose, is not to teach Bittl. It's to teach the Chesed of the Eibishter. And Gvur is to teach us about Gvur Shal Baruch and the same thing with the other spheres. Malchus is to teach us Bittl. And as such, Malchus becomes an embodiment of Bittl, and therefore it's also the perfect uh, mashpech, if you wish. It's the perfect funnel and channel to be mamshech everything to the lower levels because of its Bittl. If Malchus had of its own identity, it would get in the way, so to speak. So that's essentially the essence of Malchus in one way. It's not the only thing that I speak about now, Chassidus explains in the, on the Tefillah we say, Vamunakol Zeiz Vikaim Aleinu. That verse or that statement is the beginning of it. Amunakol Zeiz is Lashonikeva Zeiz. Vikaim Aleinu is, is, uh, is um, it's not that Kayemas Aleinu, it's Lashon Zacher. So, how could you say the same thing, Lashonikeva Lashon Zacher? So, Chassidus explains that's talking about Malchus, that Malchus has two parts to it. The Lashon Ikeva, the Mamuna Kolzeis, is the Mekabal. That's Mekabal from the Eiris of Atsilas Zah and the sun that the moon is receiving from. So then it's in the Lashon Ikeva. But then Malchus becomes Lashon Zachar because it has to be Mashpia what it received to the next level, to Biyat. And that's why Vakaim Alein, Lashon Zachar. So it's, mash, it's both a Mekabal and a Mashpia. Essentially, the, simply put, like a student and a teacher. First, the student has to be in a state of clay reikon, an empty keli, less than a gamoklum, as he absorbs what the teacher has to say. I did the Torah lemivla leipolit. When you're busy absorbing, you can't be busy exuding. I did the Torah leipolit leimivla. When you're busy exuding, you can't be absorbing. So in other words, this, first you need to have the bitl to be a keli of a makabal. And then when you properly absorb, like a dry sponge, then you can exude and give off and be an excellent mashpia. Essentially, you have to first listen before you speak. You have two ears and one mouth to listen twice as much as you speak, in case you ever need a reminder. So look in the mirror and... Uh, or, so the point being is that 
that first comes HaKabbalah, then comes Hashpah. This is all about Malchus. This is what Malchus is about. So Melech, on one hand, we hear the Melech is Shikma Am. He's higher and greater. The Melech has to be stronger and wiser. All the Tenoyim, the conditions of Melech. So it seems like that's a whole personality. He's greater than everybody. And then at the same time, you say he has to be the most humble. It's not a contradiction. Like Siddhis explains the difference between an Anov and a Shuffle. A Shuffle is a person with lowest self-esteem. He thinks he's a shmata. He thinks he's a nobody. That's a negative thing. Nobody's a nobody. The Abishta created you. So if nothing else, that already makes you into something special. An onov does not think he's a nobody. He knows quite well his miles. Moshe knew that Moshe Kibble Tatum is Sinai. Of course he knew. He knew the Abishta chose him. He knew the Abishta sent him to take the Eden out of Mitzrayim, give them the Tata, lead them through the Midbar to be a leader. But he always said to himself, this is not my keiches. I received it from Nebuchadnezzar. If someone else was given the same keiches, they would have done better than I. That's called a nonov. It's a whole different level. So Malchus is not unaware, but it nevertheless has total bitl. And that's why it's a perfect mamutza. This also explains something that I think I mentioned in one of the previous shiurim. You know, for us, when we hear the word Malchus, when I say us, I mean... Uh, from those from the born in the 20th and 21st century, the whole concept of a melech for us is a foreign thing. We never saw a king. The whole idea of monarchy is this thing in, the his, in history. Even the king or the queen of England is, is a joke. I mean, it's symbolic. It doesn't have any real meaning. As a matter of fact, when the Tsar in Russia was overthrown after the Russian, by the Russian Revolution, so it says Chassidim cried. Now, the Tsar was no Yisrael. He was actually a big anti-Semite, Nicholas, as well as many of his predecessors. So what were they crying about? So they said, because they lost a Moshele Chassidus. Because the Tsar had absolute power, and the concept of a Malchus Ada, even if it's a Melech Rosha, but bottom line, he has power. The to gives a Melech power. That's why you make a Birchus HaMelech, even if it's a Rosha. So it was a muscle for that utter, the bitl of the Am to the Melech. Even a, a terrible Melech. Some say that when Putin came to power, the Chassidim smiled because the muscle came back. If you define him as a Melech or not. Anyway, that's another discussion. Um, especially in context of today's events. So the point being is that we don't really have, a, you know, for us a Melech is only a negative thing. You know, when the United States was founded, George Washington insisted not being called King Washington. They offered to call him the king because that was their model. The king in England, King George, and other kings in different countries, that was the model. Monarchy was the way the world ran till 250 years ago. Every part of the world had a king or an emperor or a czar or some other uh, leader that had absolute power. And when I say absolute, it meant absolute. He could do whatever he wants. If he happened to be benevolent and kind, it was great. If not, too bad. And we suffered greatly for it. So Chassidus explains that's a dogma for real total bitl. The Am is completely bottled to the Melech, as we learn in all the Maimorim. But today we don't have such a Melech. And as a matter of fact, such a Melech would be looked at as uh, reprehensible. You know, who wants to have such a Melech? And yet Melech is such a, a dominant theme in tefillah. Say, Malchus, say, Malchus, 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 
every day in the morning we say I mean I don't think we probably say the word Melech a hundred times a day if not more probably a lot more actually I never counted but more than Meir Brachas um, and now we're coming to Rosh Hashanah Malchus Achtaras HaMelech we're crowning God as king. And to be very honest, I always, whenever I heard the expression, it always like, you know, didn't speak to me personally. Like, what are you supposed to compare it to? What's, what, what, why Melech? There's so many other words you could use. You know, Abraham says, Breda Elam, Adain Kola Elam. I mean, there's, but nevertheless, it's the word used. But when you start learning Chsidis and understand the Sfiris HaMalchus, then you realize it's not the czar or the emperor. They, that's the bracha, Birchus HaMelech, is that the Ebishter gave them Malchusei. It all is rooted in the Melech of Lamaila. And what is Malchus Lamaila? It's a combination of two opposites. One is, yes, it's a Melech, meaning Melech Kola Elam, the Ebishter is the Melech, the ruler, the authority that we have to listen to. Kabolus El Malchus Shemaim, Malchus. But it's also fundamentally Bittal. Because like when someone, like I remember someone asking me once in a class, says, okay, you're explaining that the purpose of God is that we should have bitl to something greater than us. So then we're just worshiping yet another entity. Instead of some people worship money, some people worship other people, and some people worship God. What's the difference? So I explained when you, when you worship the Ebishters, you're not worshiping an entity. Everything else has a whole metzias, has a whole ego. When you're worshiping the Abishti, you're worshiping ultimately really something that's completely bottled. You're worshiping something that's beyond ego, beyond definition. And that's a critical thing to point out. It's not like, you, okay, you chosen, this one chose that he's going to like the story with Levi Yitzhak when he got up to Davin Yom Kippur. So he says the, the Russians say the Tsar is the greatest. And the Prussians say their emperor is the greatest. And the French say, and the, the, or the British say their king is the greatest. And I, Levi Yitzhak ben Sarasasha, say, Yiskadu, Yiskadu, Shmeid Abba. So it's not like, okay, they have their king and we have our king. It's a very different type of king. When you bottle tell the course, it makes you something greater than yourself. It's not about more ego. When you bottle to a human being, even though it could be a dogma for Bittl, but at the end of the day, it's the human being that you're uh, looking to. So in other words, the point of Malchus is, when you think about it, is really... Are teaching us that you can be who you are. No one's asking you to annihilate yourself. Remember, we said it's not shuffle, it's anova, it's onov. So it's still who you are, but you realize that you're not a self made person. It's not that whoever you are is a gift. So when we say, we're not saying I don't exist. You say, Ani, you say, Ani. However, you realize, I'm not self-made. I am an uh, extension of something greater than I am. Just to give an example that Rebbe speaks so much in Sikhs about what a shliach is. And always says the same concept, a certain interesting paradox. Shmamish is the same Nikud. That on one hand, a shliach, al has to be a bardas bifniatsme. You can't make a shliach to anything in halacha from your son, your evid, your servant, family member even, or anyone that is uh, not independent. 
A shliach has to be an independent entity that by his own volition chooses to be your shliach. On the other hand, if he's not going to do his shliach, he's male b'shlichusei, so he's not shulchah shalom chameseh. So it would seem to be much makes more sense to find someone like an evid. Someone that's an evid is completely buckled to his odin, to his master. He's the perfect shliach because he's not going to waver because everything he does is only ratzna odin. Kol masher kone avid kone rabbi. And yet, no, a shliach cannot be someone that is bitl ba mitzad atzmeh. He has to choose to be bottle. So it's a paradox because on one hand you have to be mitzis, on the other hand, mitzis b'fni atzmeh, on the other hand, you have to choose to fulfill what the mishaleach wants and then you get a darge that nobody has. Shluch yishlam kamei mamish. This is the ultimate exp- experience of, expression of what bitl is. Bitl is not, chsidis, you mavatli yourself and then you can nullify and you no longer exist. No. Bittl means that you suspend your own self and your own agenda in order to channel something greater than yourself. This has not always been said in yeshiva properly. I know hundreds of people tell me, went through our system, and they say, Bittl? I hate the concept of Bittl. Bittl was always used to beat us up. They told us you're a nobody, sometimes harsher words, which I'm not going to repeat here. And then say l'chaim, you know, you're a shmati, you're nobody. Bittl is Bittl is the greatest uh, blessing that you are the greatest person because you're not self-made. So Malchus is the sphere that captures this idea. No other sphere has it quite. The truth is Malchus will teach it to all the other spheres. Just like Chochmah and Bina and Chesed and Gvura all have their role. And we discussed it at length when I explained those spheres. So if you ask the question, what is, why do you need Malchus? Besides all the other explanations, that we talked about and we'll talk about, because Malchus is the embodiment of essentially Avedis Ha'odam, that we are independent human beings, the Abishta created us, independent. What I mean by independent, we have Pchira, free will. And we were created with that symptom that conceals Elokus, that means you can choose any way you like. And Bittl means you choose the path of Bittl, that even though I can choose a path of my own ego and my self-interest and to satisfy what I need, I choose a path that I'm going to be dedicated to the cause that's greater than myself. It really comes down to that choice. What life are you going to live? And I can tell you, I mean, I'm speaking to you all, Tamid Chachomim and Maskilim and Evdim and all the Milas, but even speaking to people who never heard a word of Chassidus or Teda, when you explain to them that your life, you have a choice, are you going to serve yourself? Are you going to serve a cause greater than yourself? It resonates with everybody. Even people who live selfishly can understand because everybody knows what it means to serve. Everybody knows what it means to do something not just for yourself. But frankly, in this world, there was that choice. It's very easy to live a life that's completely self-absorbed. Let's put it this way. Even chassidim and even people who learn Tehra all day, we all have to fight with our egos. Everyone has self-interest. If there wasn't, there wouldn't be machlekas, and there wouldn't be kina, and there wouldn't be sina, there wouldn't be all the midas rois, all the, all the problems that we have if we didn't have an ego. But the goal is to realize not to destroy yourself, but to become like malchus, which is the combination of utter mitzis, but utter bitl, but then you become a channel for everything, which is an unbelievable concept if you think about it. Because like if you ask somebody, everybody would like to say that they want to leave a mark in this world. 
forever. But nothing in this world is forever. Now, and yet we say, let's say a chasana, we say binyan adeyad. Binyan adeyad means nitzchis. But there's nothing in this world that's nitzchi. Not the food we eat, not our lives, not health, nothing. Everything ages. This world is made up of change, and everything is what we call mortal. And yet we speak about that we can bring nitzchis into our life. How is that possible? How could a dover, a kol, kol, kol haiva nifsid is the language from the Rambam. Everything that exists is going to erodes and deteriorates and ages and ultimately perishes. So how could you have nitzchis? So come over, you can say kol yochel, the Ebrister gave us the power to have nitzchis, but it's deeper than that. The Ebrister said if you have bittel to something that's nitzchis, then you become an extension of it. And that's why the sort of any relationship, any marriage, is the bit, you want a binyan adeyad. Not if two egos are going to fight with each other. There's no way it's going to be a binyan adeyad. Like the Gemara says, eish, eish, two fires that will fight with each other. However, when you add the yud in the eish, and that's ish, and the hey in the eish, and that's isha, the yud k, you bring the third partner, which is essentially bitl, to malchuse is baruch, kabolasel malchushamayim, then you have the power that you can bring into a mortal world, into a temporary world, you can bring eternity. That's the explanation, the only explanation. I mean, Chassidus talks about it at length, almost anywhere you talk, look, there'll be some type of a expression of this idea. Mimona Ofer Yankov, we talk, why is Yaakov compared to Ofer, Bilam says? Because Ofer is Bittl. V'nafshi Kofel and what's the next line? P'sachli b'beseda secha. When you have Bittl, that's when the lev opens up to Tehra So it's always a secret to any type of growth or any type of uh, eternity, like I'm saying, is, is bitful paradoxical. The more you want it as, because it's selfish, the less you'll have something nitzchi. Because the critical point is to put your, get yourself away, move away, get yourself out of the way, and then you can channel the highest levels. That's essentially what Malchus is. And if you need a physical example, you saw Yisrael, Damon, and Levona. And Main and Levona, we, we are similar to the moon. And we count by the moon because that's what the moon is. It's exactly what the moon The sun was created, its own light. It generates light, very powerful light. But that's not a dogma for us. That's Umas Elam is Main and Lechama. Aid is Main and Levona because Levona is this paradox. On one hand, it has nothing of its own. On the other hand, it can shine everything. And it goes through all the phases. And Shehem Asidin is Chadish Kamesa. And Lassid Lovi Chassidus explains how the Levona will elevate. That's uh, ultimately Malchus will reach its Makkah and Keser and all the way to the highest levels. So, this also explains what you learn in the Maimorim, Eishas Chayla, Teres Bailo, Nekeva Tesev of Gover, that ultimately Malchus begins as the lowest sphere, but it's actually rooted in the highest. Why? Because of this reason. In Giluim, Malchus is, is Bittal, less than Magam Malklum, so it's the lowest of the spheres in Giluim. But in Etzem, only Bittal reaches the Etzem. Anything that doesn't have Bittal is not going to reach the Etzem. Again, the other spheres have Bittal, but they don't have the other Bittal that Malchus has. So the after all the Birunim, and after everything we go through, and after the Levona was Makabal from the Shemesh, and Malchus was Makabal from Zal, Ultimately, in the language of Chassidus, will be Aliyah Samalchus, where Eish is Chayel, Atera is Bailo, Atera is a crown, Atoro, 
which is Keser, because Malchus is rooted in Keser, and its Bitl allows it ultimately to be Mamshich from Keser. And Chassidus says, not only that, it will be Mashpia in this Makabal that was Makabal from Zah, and for the Mashpia will become the Mashpia to Zah. That's why it says, Biti, Achesi, Imi. Ultimately, Malchus will become the Mashpia, or the language, famous language that you find in Sikhs from the Rebbe, from the Rebbe Rashab. That will be that Neshama Nizunis Minaguf. Today, the body needs the soul to give it life. Rasid Lavi says the soul will get life from the body. How is that possible? So when you look in the Geras Akedah Simachov, which is just for the record, the Alter Rebbe wrote that literally days or weeks before his Istalkus, one of the last things the Alter Rebbe wrote, the Geras Akedah Simachov, the whole Geras Akedah is there, that Simachov, which is such a Yisaitzik Geras, is all about the Milo of Malchus, of Makabal. Talks about Oretz, the Dafke, the earth, not, not Shemayim, has the power to, to, give, to give birth vegetation, Malchus. Because so, though Malchus is the lowest level, but that's the Kayach HaHiloda, which also explains that we talk about Zacher and Nekeva, even though the Zacher provides the seed, he's the Mashpia, but where's the child developed? Where's the child conceived and develops in pregnancy and ultimately birth is through the mother, it's through Malchus. So Malchus serves also as the source of Kayach HaLeda, which is Kayach HaEinsof as well. Now, there's a lot, much more that can be said about this because there's so, many, so much about this in Chassidus. This is a summary of the paradox, if you wish, or the two sides of Malchus, the Zohar and the Keva and Zohar within Malchus, but also as it applies to our lives, the lessons that it teaches us in what really is this, the Kavona is to be like a Melech. Now, I talked about Malchus in the Midas as dignity and so on. I'm not going to go into that because that was already discussed in the previous uh, shiurim about it. I will just conclude with this. This is particularly relevant to us for another reason. Because we are the Deir Ashvi. And the Rebbe made it very clear, the first Maim Rebbe that the Deir Ashvi is Malchus. What's the Kavon of Malchus? Rishachanti Besechom. Like I said, a mamutza between Atzilus and Biyah to bring a lukus into Tachtenim. So after the six generations, just like Avram was the first and Moshe was the one that built the Mishkan, so to us, the Alter Rebbe is the first of the Chsidi, the Rasi Chabad, and the Rebbe the seventh, the Tulda. So as Chsidim always say, when they talk about this, that the Rabbeim, we know from the Rebbe, from the Rabbeim, they, tell them, they told us that the Baal Shem Tov and the Magid is Kesed, Atik, and Arich. The Alter Rebbe is Chachma. The Mitle Rebbe Bina, the Tzemach Sadik Das. For whatever reason, Chesed Vurit Teferis is skipped. Most likely because you're talking about the Midas as they are on a practical level, which is Netzach Heid Yisrael. So the Rebbe Marash is Netzach. And the Rebbe Rashab Heid. And Fridi Rebbe, Yosef Yisrael. And that leaves the Rebbe as being the seventh, which is Deirashvi. Malchus. Um, in the Shpizen, we also talk about it that way. That you have the seven-day days, and the eighth-day, Shemini Atzeres, Keneged, Yesa, the Friedrich Rebbe, and Simchas Teda, the Rebbe, the ninth, as in the, from, from the Baal Shem So, everything we're talking about, in a way, can help explain what exactly is the role of the Deir Ashvi. And on one hand, we don't have the Giluyim, that the Chassidim of the Alter Rebbe, or the other Rabbeim had. 
Friedrich Rebbe has a very powerful mimer, Pesach Maimorim of Tov Shintes, where he speaks that today's Aveda is primarily in the lower spheres, Netzach and Heid. Because Ava Viyira, that was in the time of Beis Amigdash. They had real Ava and Yira. Not that it's not expected of us as much as we can. We say every day, but the Iker Aveda. Um, what's the ikvus in the Meshicha? The Aveda is primarily in the last Svidus, Netzach Heid, Yisrael Malchus, but specifically Malchus, because on one hand, we may not have many Giluim as in the Dargis and Neshama. Our Neshamas are not like the same Neshamas like in Derdeya, but like a Nonus Agaba Anok, like a midget that stands on the shoulders of giants, exactly like the Levona. Not because of our own schus, but because we are bottle and continuing the chain from the generations before us. So like Malchus, we channel that, and that way we are greater. Not with our keiches, with their keiches. Because Anonis, even though he's a midget, but he's standing on the shoulder of a giant, he sees farther than the giant does. So as strange as it sounds, but the Rebbe says in so many sikhs, we, the lowest generation, will be the ones that are the makabapatish that will ultimately bring the Geula for all the generations. How is that possible? So it's exactly what Malchus is. It's the lowest of the spheres, the last, but it has the power to bring all the levels before over the threshold and to be Mamshech HaLukus Lamato. Again, not just because of our Keiches, because the Keiches that are cumulative of all the generations past. I think if you go deeper into it, I'm sure you can have many Fabringans, to discuss exactly when you understand Malchus and Chassidus, you can understand a lot better the Rebbe's Nesias and the Rebbe's and the Tafkid and Shlichus of our time and these paradoxes. On one hand, we have less Giluyim. On the other hand, we have the highest Giluyim. Much more Atzmiz Dikkeiches, even higher than all the generations before. And much more that can be said on this topic. So, I think I covered now Malchus, I can't say completely, nothing is ever complete, but I think enough to be able to move on so I'll do that the next uh, year as we move along to say the Rishtalshus. We want to have a, a good day and a good Chedeshel. Huh? What?